Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a seat at the table. And you know, as we say around here, you always have a seat at God's table. And I'm so glad that you're here to join us. And I, I, I know that the worship was wonderful. I know that you felt the presence of the Lord. And we also want to enter into this time to give you an opportunity to give in the form of worship. Um, giving is a form of worship. And so when we give, the Bible says this, that um, we should give with a cheerful heart. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so as you prepare your giving, your offering, your tithe and offering, um, just follow the directions on the screen there with all the information. We want to give you that opportunity, make it simple for you. It wouldn't take a few minutes on your phone there. Um, if you want to send us uh, any other means, just contact us like a check. Uh, many of you do send checks and um, you can just contact us and we'll give you the address for that. But let us pray for this right now. Heavenly Father, we thankful for this time. We are thankful that you've given us the ability to obtain wealth, to donate, to give. We give today with a cheerful heart and we sow into good ground. We ask that you would multiply this as well. Multiply like the fish and use it for your work. We honor you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. You can just continue giving there as we enter into uh, the sermon. You know, last week, um, it was Resurrection Sunday. I hope you had a great time. We had a great time. Some of us were at the park, uh, our Resurrection picnic, and some of you had to watch online. But we we're talking about trading places, how uh, Jesus traded our place. Jesus had traded, or they had traded, they chose Bar Bar Barabbas, if you listened to the sermons last week, for um, Jesus. they rather have unrighteousness uh, they rather have what is unholy versus those things that are righteous in Jesus. And it was a picture of Jesus willingly going uh, and sacrificing himself so that we can live in the righteousness of God. But today, I'm, I want us to look at 1 Peter uh, 3 and verse 8, and then Philippians 2, 1 through 5. So 1 Peter 3, verse 8, and then Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Let's read. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Let's read that again. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. And let's look at Philippians 2. 1 through 5, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Philippians. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate that make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I want to speak to you today 
<clears throat> on the idea, the topic of having right interests. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for allowing us to listen, uh, touch our hearts today that we may receive. Open up our eyes that we may see and open up our ears that we may hear. Bless this word. Let it become revelatory to us, Lord. Lord, we invite you into our midst. We invite you into our time. Lord, we take authority over the sky above and the ground we stand on. And we loose, God, love and joy and peace in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, in the book of 1 Peter, um, you know, um, Peter here, the apostle, was talking about everyone having the right mind or one mind and having compassion towards each other, having love and, and being courteous. You know that the Bible speaks about having uh, one accord. You know that, that term, one accord, it means to be same-minded. It means to be, think the same. It means to have a unity of thought. And also so that when you have unity of thought, you have then unity to provide purpose or move towards a purpose. So in uh, the book of Philippians 2, the Apostle Paul here is speaking to the Philippians. Uh, at this time, uh, there were many things that was going on with Paul. He had been um, down. He has been persecuted. He, he, uh, the Bible also speaks about how even his companion uh, was uh, ill, near to death because of the gospel. There were people that were um, betraying him. There were people, he, he felt loneliness and he felt uh, hurt and pain. Uh, he felt um, uh, desperate in many ways, but yet he says that God is good. God is good. And so here he was talking about that he said he was imploring them. He says, if you want to truly uh, be happy or make me happy, then love one another and working towards together with one mind and one purpose. Brothers and sisters, there are things in life that uh, we have interest in right? We have interest in a lot of things. There's people that are, are interested in sports. There's people that are interested in the outdoors. There's people that are interested in physical health and working out. There's people that are interested in playing a certain sport. There's people that are interested in all kinds of different hobbies. And all those things are good because uh, we are inquisitive because God created us. But brothers and sisters, sometimes here the Apostle Paul speaks about that don't just look at our own interests, which he didn't say was wrong, but also look and care for other people's interests as well. You know, having right interests. You know, as believers in Jesus, we must have right interests for the things of God. We must have right interests for other people and care for them. Look, I'm not very good at that sometimes, uh, you know, because what? In our, uh, we have so many things that's going on, but we all can reach a hand out to other people. You know, we are about to move into a new space come May 1st. And you heard me speak about it. I will speak more about that. And what we need to do is now that people have been so isolated because of pandemic, we must have bring people together and give them a place where we can love and show them 
the love of Christ. You know, and in look at what uh, verse 5 says in Philippians 2. It says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus had. What did he have? What was this attitude that Paul spoke about that Jesus had when it came to having, he had the right interest? Well, let's look at it. The first thing was giving up his to help others. I would put it like this, that for us to have right interest, we must give up ours sometimes to help others. You see little children, you know, the Bible says this, you know, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I understood as a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man or mature, I put away childish things. You know that, what, have you ever seen little kids? I mean, like really little. They, we always have this saying, sharing is caring, right? They're like mine, mine, mine. They'll, they'll have uh, play days and, and they'll invite their friends over. And there's another child. It could be their good friend, but they're like mine. And they would fight over this toy. And yet they are they're having this other child in their home as a guest, but they don't want to share. See, brothers and sisters, Jesus in Philippians 3 and 7, or 2 and 7 says this. It's 2 and 7. I mistyped there. Philippians 2 and 7, he says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. It should be Philippians 2 and 7. That's my... Um, but instead he gave up his divine privileges. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ, his attitude was this. I'm giving up mine so that I can help you. I'm giving up mine so that I could help you. See, he had, he said, the Bible says that instead he gave up his divine privileges. What was his divine privileges? First of all, he didn't have to feel pain. He was uh, the king of kings over the host of angels. He sat on a throne, right? Uh, the universe was as his command. He, could, he didn't have physical limitations, right? He could walk uh, uh, and, and think and do anything. Uh, he was the master of the universe. He created everything we see and don't see. But he gave that up, his divine privilege, so that what? He can help us. Brothers and sisters, for us to have the right attitude, there ought to be times that we give up certain things so we can help others. I'm not saying you have to give it up permanently. But give it up. Maybe you have to give up a little bit of your time to help somebody else. Maybe you, you give up a little bit of your money to help someone else. Buy them lunch, buy them groceries, buy them dinner. Maybe go visit them. Give up some of your inconveniences. Give up some of those things. Because right now, during this pandemic, you know what I noticed? That everybody is kind of self-interested. They're so afraid of going to visit someone. And I'm not saying that is because they are afraid that they're going to get sick, but they're afraid that they would bring that sickness. But brothers and sisters, there has to come to a point where we give up our own interests to help someone else. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you gave up your own interests to help someone else? Think about it. 
that it really took a sacrifice to help someone else. You know, um, have you, and, and during this time, I noticed that. I noticed that people tend to be self-interested and I'm not saying that's wrong. The Apostle Paul says, don't look out only for your own interest, but also take interest in others too, right? So that's saying that don't just worry about yourself, but now take a step out and help others. You know what that would be? That would be what we call living in the overflow. There's the survival. I'm learning some things about giving. There's survival, there's overflow, and then there's multiplication. So we live in the overflow to help other people and bless and give to the church. When you are able to live in that overflow, it's to help the church. Are you helping the church or are you helping through donating of your money, of your time? Are you giving up some of that so that you can fulfill a purpose? I'm not get, saying that just give up stuff just to give up things. But I'm saying that to give up things for a greater purpose. See, that's what it, uh, Paul is saying is that have one mind and purpose. See, brothers and sisters, it's helpful when we can give up things to help others so that there's a purpose to give them help, give them release. I remember this week I was able to visit a pastor. And he just moved into another space. And he was so excited because I spent time with him and gave him some ideas. And he said, I know that was God's idea. He's now in a new space. And he's so happy because it's already built. And it was already a previous church there, but the space had been empty for 10 years. And so he's so excited. He, and it's in a high place. And so he could pray over the city. He's so excited. You know, brother and sister, because I spent the time to share with him, giving up my time and, and, and invest in his life. And he was appreciative. Brother and sisters, we have a purpose. And my purpose was to make his church strong so that our city and our community can be strong. Look at the second thing that Jesus walked in as the right attitude or he had the right interest. He had the right attitude. Secondly, he was humble. In verse 8, he humbled himself. The Bible says that he humbled himself. So that means that all of us can have a sense of pride and arrogance in our heart. It is the work of the flesh. You know, that we can get into a place where we're selfish and, and, and we, we know better and we, we can be kind of prideful, right? That is part of the work of the flesh. But Jesus himself is humble. He humbled. Think about He's the king of kings, y'all, and he was born in a barn next to cows and sheep, next to a donkey, in a manger, which is a trough, in a bunch of straw. He, he, was, he was born in humble means, and yet he is the king of glory. He's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He created everything that we see and cannot see. You know, he was there with God when they, uh, he created the heavens and the earth, and he spoke, and light was, and he spoke, and the fishes swam, and the cattles did run, and the trees were grown, and he spoke, and the stars were hung. Brothers and sisters, you have to understand that when you're in that place and be able to humble yourself. Wow. It's amazing that when you're in a place 
of great means or authority, will you humble yourself enough to say, God, use me to fulfill your purpose? See, that's having the right interest. Because oftentimes our interest could be selfish. We're all like that. I'm not just pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing at me too. Sometimes we just want it our way. You know, sometimes we want to have our way and, uh, and have all of uh, um, the things that we want. But it's good to sacrifice. It's good to trust. You know, oftentimes when the Lord was teaching me about giving, you know, oftentimes when we give a sacrificial gift, you know, and, and you, you say like, Lord, I don't have enough. But when we give in faith, I notice the Lord start giving back. I'm so amazed at how God has blessed our church. I'm so amazed at how God has blessed my life. It's because, Lord, I humble myself and give in obedience to you. The third thing we see is the word obedience. I just spoke it in verse 8 again. He's humbled himself in obedience to God. Okay? In obedience to God. He humbled himself in obedience to God so that what? That the word obedience there is you have to be obedient to God's word and his purpose. What is your purpose and your assignment? What is your purpose and your assignment? What is what are you passionate about? You know, um, on Thursday nights, we've been studying about discipleship. We've been studying about gifting, spiritual gifting, the function of spiritual gifting, not just the title, you know, not title, but function. Um, and, and one of our uh, good friends, Pastor Simeon Kwan, has been teaching us. And did you know that many of us are pastors, but that doesn't mean that you're going to lead a church. But it's the function of pastoring. Pastoring means what? To care for others. To care and nurture others. That's the function of a pastor. That doesn't mean you're going to lead a church. There are some people that just pastors children. They have a function. My wife, Lou, she has a pastor gift. But she likes to help and nurture children. Right? There's others that might be pastoring in the prison ministry. I have a friend of mine who's a pastor. He loves uh, he has a passion for the prison uh, ministry. There are the others that have a passion to pastor women or, um, or families. So what is the function? Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, we need to be obedient. Jesus was obedient to God's word, the Father's word, and his purpose. His purpose was what? to be the Messiah, to be the Savior. His purpose was to say, I'm going to give the word of life that in me is life. I am the bread of life, he said, uh, that uh, though uh, if men would follow me, they would not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He came to die to fulfill a purpose. And that purpose was to redeem the world from sin. Brothers and sisters, God's given you and I an assignment, a purpose. You and I are given a purpose to help lift those around us from hurt and pain and to show the goodness of God. See, we have to be obedient to our assignment. God didn't give us all the things that He's given us for us to sit there and just enjoy for ourselves. Remember, having right interests I'm not saying that we can't enjoy for ourselves, um, but are we 
fulfilling the assignment, the purpose that God has given us. Number four. In verse 8 again, he was willing to die to self. Look, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died. See, he was willing to die to self. He was willing to die as a criminal's death on a cross. He was willing to die to himself physically. Brothers and sisters, I myself fast. All right? I'm willing to die of this flesh and tell my flesh, you know what? You're not eating today because I'm going to put you in subjection so that I can hear the voice of God. Brothers and sisters, it's putting the, your own flesh's will to death. See, Jesus, I can imagine he knows it's going to be painful because when he was in the Garden of Eden, he, held the, he said, Lord, not my will be done, but thy will. That means he had his own will. His own will was not to be nailed to the cross. His own will was not to be beaten and be punched and slapped and his beard be plucked, uh, to be taken and whipped and, and carried the cross because he knew the pain. But he says, but not my will, but thy will be done. Brothers and sisters, we've got to learn to sacrifice and kill our flesh, kill those ungodly desires and fulfill God's plan. Fulfill God's plan because I promise you resurrection, uh, joy is coming. It might be painful for a moment. You know, going without food is painful uh, uh, sometimes, and, but yet it is so liberating. It is so liberating when we don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. Brothers and sisters, we've got to learn to die to ourselves. Lastly, love. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 and 8, the first part of that verse is love never fails. Love never fails. Where there's prophecy, the Bible says, it might fail, right? It will fail. There's people that are around you that they tell you they'll fail. We see great leaders fail, politicians fail, even ministers fail. Um, but where there is love, and this word love is the word agape love, unconditional love, never fails. Think about it for a moment. When we get to heaven, there won't be prophecy. When we get to heaven, there won't be gift of healing. When we get to heaven, there won't be any more need of wisdom in that sense, a word of wisdom. There won't be a need of miracles in heaven. But there will always be love. Why? Is because God is there and God is love. Heaven is about love. He said, I go in my father's house, Jesus said. In my father's house, there are many mansions that I go away to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you shall also be. See, we often think about it just in that aspect. That means he loves us so much, he's going to prepare a big old place for us in heaven. But also a place here. He says here, he goes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believe upon him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, love never fails. I could tell you like this, whatever the situation you go in, whatever conflict you might have, Love never fails. Love never fails. You might have struggles in your marriage. Love never fails. You might have struggles with other people, but love never fails. I'm not saying it's not painful, 
Jesus loved us, but it was painful. But then when that pain passes, there was great victory and joy. And look at what Jesus do, did for us when he died and rose again. Now we are living in the freedom that comes because he shed his blood. We are not under the law anymore, but we are under the law of love, the law of the spirit. We can live in freedom and knowing that God, Jesus died for us and he's our mediator. Brothers and sisters, what is your interest? What is your right interest? Are you really having right interest right now? Are the things that you're doing right now really are fulfilling the purpose? And are you really in obedience with God? Are you giving up some of the things uh, uh, for you to help someone else when you know they're in need? Are you being humble uh, about the things that God has given you? Are you uh, walking in a place of humility with the Lord? Are you obedient to his word and his purpose? Are you willing to die to your flesh? instead of giving in to desires of your flesh? And are you walking in unfailing love for those that are around you? See, those are the attitude that Jesus had. Now, he had others, but those are the main ones Paul's talking about, that having the right attitude, having right interest. Everyone has an interest. You know that? Even little children. Little children have interests of this. They want to play with their friends. That's an interest. They want to play with their toys. That's an interest. They want to watch certain movies. That's an interest. They want to play certain games. They want to uh, eat certain foods. That's an interest. Every child I know pretty much have an interest to eat candy. How about that? Me too, right? When we were kids, we, but guess what? As a parent, we must remove candy from their life. They, we have to ration it because they cannot just survive on their desire of the flesh and just eat candy. It's unhealthy for them, right? So, brothers and sisters, we all have interests, but when we're, when we're having right interests, it helps us to be more like Jesus and less like ourselves. It also helps us to walk in obedience to his word and to his purpose. So let me pray for you today. Wherever you are right now, just bow your head, and lift your hands. Heavenly Father, why don't you pray with me? In your own way, as I pray for you, just pray out loud to the Lord in your own way. Heavenly Father, those that are listening, those that are watching right now, bless them. Lord, let them have the right interests, the interest of obeying, the interest of giving up of themselves to help others too. Lord, you're not saying that they shouldn't take care of their own, but they also should look at others. Lord, bless them, God, so they can help them and strengthen them. They can walk in humility with you. Lord, allow them uh, to guide them to be obedient. Open up their eyes so they can walk in obedience and purpose. Lord, let them walk, God, that they would be in unfailing love and also let them give them strength to die to their own flesh desires. Lord, whoever's watching today, bless them. God, I bless them with your love. I bless them with your mercy and grace and strength. Lord, bless them, God, with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. God bless you this week. If you're listening to me um, in Central Time on Sunday, join us. 
right now. If you're watching me at 11 o'clock Central Time in the U.S., join me right after today on Zoom, and we're going to fellowship. We'll pray for you and just want to just see your smiling face via Zoom. The information is below. God bless you. Have a great week, and I hope to see you soon.